Oh, let's get it. Monday, October 4th, 2021. Born the Battle, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. However you listen to Born the Battle, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the player inside the blog on blogs.va.gov. Hope you're having a good week outside of podcast land. You know, maybe it's because I missed concert season, but I want to go to a concert. And and some recent music, some recent stuff won't do. Like, I want to see some new metal or, and I can't believe I'm saying it, some butt rock. Give me... Give me old man Lent biscuit, some corn, Papa Roach, Breaking Benjamin. By the way, how crazy is that? That that's now old school. I don't know. Uh, getting out and going to a concert has been on my mind lately. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a people person and I want to be among the masses. And I guess this podcast helps in that a little bit. So I appreciate you as well. But uh, yeah, don't at me, bro. It's what I'm into right now. I'm into some old school Lent biscuit. Because, I mean, think about it. Those were some great times. How fun was that music? Let's get back to fun. I digress. One new rating and one new review came into Apple Podcasts. This one is from Tony Research. It says five stars for vets by vets. The Born the Battle podcast is an excellent way to not only be informed, but stay connected. Listen in to a variety of veteran military related topics and learn about the different services the VA has to offer, along with engaging stories from our nation's veterans. Uh, Tony Research, appreciate you. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like now we're connected. So appreciate the review. Appreciate letting everybody else know what you're learning from War in the Battle. And thank you for the review. As you already know, I'm looking for that next review. If you haven't yet, please consider writing one for Born the Battle on Apple Podcasts. Doing so does help us climb higher in the algorithms, giving more veterans a better opportunity to discover Born the Battle and listen to the interviews, our benefits breakdown episodes, and hear what's in the news releases. It's also the best way for me to communicate with you. Give you a, give you a little bit of, you give me some feedback. I give you some feedback. It's all good. Here we go. News releases. We have four relevant news releases this week. So here we go. First one says for immediate release launch and launch this September, the veteran sponsor partnership network enables regional non-monetary partnerships with community organizations to help transitioning service members and their families access VA services and community resources, such as employment opportunities, education benefits, and housing assistance. The VSPN initiative supports an evidence-based and collaborative approach. Of course, everything's evidence-based. Why would we even do something that isn't? With community partners that helps VA meet its strategic priorities and deliver the support and services our veterans deserve. Initiatives like VSPN, along with VA partnerships with organizations such as the nonprofit Expiration Term of Service Sponsorship Program, say that three times fast, help transitioning service members integrate into the post-military community of their choice. This links them with local sponsors who are trained to help service members find and access local resources, build relationships and resiliency, and help them through the transition process. Now, the news release goes on with some reports and research backing up these programs' effectiveness. Uh, if you want to read the documentation on how these programs have helped, I'll link to this news release at the bottom of this episode's blog on blogs.va.gov. 
For more information on the Veteran Sponsor Partnership Network and how you as a veteran or soon-to-be veteran can take advantage of it, go to www.va.gov forward slash health partnerships forward slash vspn.asp. All right, the next one says, for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs has started administering Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine boosters under emergency use authorization. This decision follows the FDA's authorization and the CDC's recommendation for a booster dose to people 65 years and older and residents in long-term care settings, people age 50 to 64 years old with underlying medical conditions, people age 18 to 49 with underlying medical conditions, and people age 18 to 64 who are at an increased risk of COVID-19 exposure and transmission because of occupational or institutional settings. There you go. Vaccines will be offered to veterans and VA employees. Vaccine boosters will be offered to veterans receiving care at VA medical centers and employees who work in those facilities as well. As the supply and capacity permits, VA will offer booster doses to all other veterans, spouses, caregivers, and CHAMP VA recipients based on national authorization. Veterans who receive care in VA and are due for booster shots will be contacted and advised of recommended booster shots, which may be offered by appointment or or on a walk-in basis. Veterans who received a Pfizer vaccine outside of VA and persons who received a Pfizer vaccine in VA for whom we don't have records of their high-risk condition will need to contact their local VA facility for more information on how they can receive their booster shot. CDC advises that people can get both the COVID-19 vaccine and flu vaccine at the same time. Veterans receiving care at VA who wish to get a booster shot can get both shots together during the same visit. Currently, only the Pfizer vaccine has been authorized as a booster shot. FDA and CDC continue to review data to determine whether and when a booster might be recommended for recipients of the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines. VA will plan to offer boosters of these vaccines if authorized and recommended. VA has also continued to reach out to veterans who have not yet been vaccinated, according to a recent CDC monitor report that monitored patients from April 4th to July 17th. Even without a booster, COVID-19 vaccines offer excellent protection and make it 10 times less likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID-19. Veterans who would like additional information can visit VA's COVID-19 vaccines webpage, visit their local facility's website, or contact their care team. Uh, VA.gov also has a questions webpage for questions and answers regarding COVID-19 vaccine. You can put the words COVID-19 questions in the search bar, hit enter, and it'll be right there as one of the first links. Okay, next one says, for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs is modifying benefit eligibility regulations for discharges considered dishonorable and seeks information to assist in crafting with the new framework. Bottom line, this change will make more veterans eligible to receive benefits. The first public virtual listening session will be on October 5th, so as of this podcast drop tomorrow, to seek feedback. The second session will be held on October 6th. Each meeting will start at 8.50 a.m. Eastern Time and conclude on or before 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, The virtual check-in will begin at 8 a.m. Interested parties are encouraged to sign up and may submit written comments, including data and research, if unable to attend. The virtual listening sessions will be held as WebEx events and will be open to the public to listen on a first-come, first-served basis. Contact codregistration.vbaco at va.gov for more information about the meeting and registering or to speak or listen. Virtual attendance will be limited to the maximum allowed by WebEx. Written comments on this request for information must be received by VA on or before October 12th. 
as the request for information was published in the Federal Register on September 9th. Now, to find the uh, requ request for information in the Federal Register, you can go to regulations.gov and search for the character of, and just search for character of discharge under dockets, and it'll be at the top. You can read through the documents proposed and make comments. I think you have to sign up to make comments, uh, but there have been 83 comments so far. Finally, the last one says for immediate release, the Department of Veterans Affairs is partnering with the Cybercrime Support Network to protect veterans who are targeted for identity theft and other online scams. Launching in the fall of 2021, the partnership will provide educational resources that strengthen online security for service members, veterans, and their families, and focus on recognizing, reporting, and recovering from cybercrime. The education awareness campaign includes public service announcements via Comcast broadcast services and an online portal. Fightcybercrime.org is a resource database for those impacted by cybercrime and online fraud. Scamspotter.org is also a website to help veterans identify scams and report fraudsters. The FTC also stated that between 2017 and 2021, the military and veteran community reported over $820 million in losses from cybercrime. The result of these financial losses have a devastating impact on families, no kidding, careers, and veterans' overall well-being. The partnership includes 33 nonprofit service organizations. To learn more, go to www.cybercrimesupport.org. All right, we have a very unique guest this week. I have never had a 100-plus-year-old veteran on board the battle until now. She was part of the 6888th Central Postal Directive Battalion, and they were the only all-female, all-black unit deployed overseas during World War II. See, by February of 1945, the mail in Europe was a complete mess. Millions of pieces of mail were in warehouses in England, and it was thought to unjack it up. It was going to take about six months. Our guest and the others in her unit did it in about six weeks. Now, after World War II, she joined the Air Force and was also the first female to command an all-male squadron. Her story has been recorded in the documentary 6888 and by the Library of Congress. She is Army and Air Force veteran Fanny Griffin McClendon. Enjoy. Fanny, I think you're the first centurion uh, that I've ever interviewed in my lifetime. So I appreciate that. Really? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, the first question we always ask here on Born the Battle is, is when and where did you know that military service was going to be the next step in your life? Uh, when I graduated from high school and the war broke out. Yes. Uh, what, what year was that? I, I just graduated from high school. Oh, right when the war, right when the war broke out. So 19, was it 1940? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Gotcha. It was 1940, wasn't it? Well, yeah, 1940. So what made you want to join the military service? Uh, was it just the war or, or what, what was Well, the there was a lot of advertisement of everything going on. And uh, so I just thought, well, I'll give it a try. And uh, I, I, it's not nice to say, but my mother had remarried and I didn't particularly like her husband, so oh, yes. that gave me another push to go in the service. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Got you out of the house. <laughs> yeah, got me out of the house. Uh, well, Miss Fanny, uh, recently in the last couple of decades, uh, there have been a lot of uh, and uh, there have been a lot of segregated units that were lost in time until recently. 
those mm-hmm. stories are starting to be re- rediscovered, if you will. Uh, Tuskegee Airmen, Buffalo Soldiers, Wax, Mo- Montford Point Marines, Hellhounds from Hellhounds from World War One. Uh, the six triple eight. Talk to me about them because was, it, uh, it, that was uh, that was the World War One and that was Army. Yes, ma'am. Uh, okay. The 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 six triple eight. Talk to me about not World War One, World War Two. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Triple A was a postal uh, a unit that was sent over to England to clear up a lot of back uh, uh, mail because I guess the English were not taken care of it too well. And I guess it was one place that they could put a bunch of something like 800 black women. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, in England. Okay, so you were in England there. So the six triple eight, uh, the six hundred six, the six eight, 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 uh, central postal director battalion. How yeah. and why did it get formed, uh, to begin with? I don't know why. Well, the why was uh, to clear up all this mail that was going all over Europe that they, they apparently they'd been having a problem. And uh, a lot of people were wondering why uh, we were not asked to go overseas when other units were asked to go overseas, so they found a place to put us. Gotcha, ma'am. Um, what was uh-huh. so. You know, in the in the era of internet service, where internet's everywhere, and and there's video chatting on, and there's video chatting I'm on your. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I love that you're learning. Um, you know, and then you can video chat on your phone now. I I fear that this generation that they don't understand the morale factor of a handwritten letter. When I was in Iraq in 2005, uh, we were right before everything changed digitally. Uh, my my future wife. She was writing to me a handwritten letter every day. I was out, I was out in Iraq. Um, and I looked forward to those and I looked forward to those letters, you know, she'd soak them in perfume and everything. Uh, talk to me, (laughs) talk to me about, uh, what did it mean for the soldiers out there on the front lines of World War II to get a piece of mail? I'm sure that it meant uh, a lot, uh, because when we got to England, we had just, uh, months of mail just piled up and tents and things. And they told us, oh, you know, it'll take you about uh, oh, three or four months to get rid of it. And I think we got rid of it in a very short time and got back on schedule. Yeah, I think the mission was six months and you got it done in three, right? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Um, so you were an all-black, all-female unit, deployed. All female unit, right. A deployed to a, a war zone in a foreign country. Uh, what were some of the hardships that you faced, ma'am, and how did you overcome them? Well, uh, uh, we had three shifts, and most of the time I was on the shift uh, from 1 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to 4 o'clock in the uh, uh, well, later. In the, there, there were three shifts, and the, 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 the only thing that bothered me a lot was the, very, the English were very strict on um, uh, the uh, on on uh, making sure that the lights and everything were out, but uh, we had to cross uh, a, a railroad track that they dimmed the lights on the doggone thing, and you could hardly hear it. And that that, that was the only thing that bothered me. Other than that, I, I, I was fine. And in England, the people were very friendly. Uh, we we took this old school and redid it so that the girls would have a place to live. The officers uh, were uh, put in 
they they rented uh, 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 homes for us close to the school. But the girls did all the painting and redoing of this old school. Miss Fanny, where are you originally from? Excuse me? Where Where are you originally from? Uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. I was born in Louisiana, uh, but my mother moved to uh, New York uh, when uh, I was in high school. Okay. And that's where I joined the service. 39 Whitehall Street. Gotcha. Well, my one of my very favorite, uh, one of my, you know, really close friends from the Marine Corps is from Louisiana. He's from Cutoff, Louisiana. I don't know where it's at, where it is, but I, I know he, he's back there right I now. I haven't the slightest idea where it is either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Uh-huh. Um, so the six triple eight, they had some casualties as well. Correct. The battalion. Uh, Excuse me. I, the, I can, I, I didn't understand that. No worries. So, uh, the six triple eight, the battalion, y- you all had some casualties as well. Correct. Uh, basically the six triple eight, I've read that they make up, uh, three of the four female graves at Normandy. Is that right? That happened in France. Because I, I remember I was the supervisor of the group who went to this outfit for this dinner party and, and, and so forth. But that was in France. Uh-huh. Well, were, were they part of the 6888? Yes, they were. Uh, you know, the units, uh, quite often, if we were near a male unit anywhere, they on, on the weekends sometimes they would invite the girls over to eat or music, dancing, or something like that. And I was one of the three officers who were with those girls when uh, uh, we went to this particular unit. And apparently, uh, three of them got in a jeep with some of the unit people. And uh, that that's how that, that happened. Gotcha. Uh, uh, I had a, a friend who was from New York, and she wanted to pass out. And I said, don't pass out on me now. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the uh, commander said, I had actually, they could identify two of the girls, but they couldn't identify one. Mm. She failed to have her dog tags on. So I had to wait uh, to go over to the field hospital uh, to identify her. And the rest of the girls went back to the unit. The commander drove me back to my unit after I had identified this girl. Gotcha. So it must have been a, a pretty terrible wreck there. Um, it was. Yeah, apparently, uh, I don't know. Hey, you, you tell them don't don't do this, don't do that. But they're women. That's right. They're they're young. <laughs> they're they're young women, <laughs> men, young men and women in in, in service and in, in war. There. Um, so this was in France. Was this? Um, God, this is in, in Rouen. <laughs> This is in Rouen, France. Okay. So did the, did the uh-huh. battalion move from England to France at a certain time? Excuse me? So did the battalion move from England to France at a certain time? Yes. After, uh, uh, after Germany, after the, the war was over in Germany. Okay. So this was during occupation after the war was over. Uh, uh, we uh, didn't know that we were going to go to France, but. We enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Miss Fanny, you know, we're, I bet, I bet. Um, now, Miss mm-hmm. Fanny, there's a documentary out there that, that tells the story uh, and, the, and about this unit that you are part of. How important is it for you now that this story is out there being told? 
Well, it's interesting uh, because I just thought I was uh, part of the service like everybody else. And we went home, uh, told our families what we went through, where we had been and all that sort of thing. I didn't get excited about having a, a, a drum beat or anything like that. I understand some people say, well, didn't they have any parades or anything? I wasn't looking for a parade. I was just looking to get home and tell my folks all the things I had done overseas. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, matter of fact, uh, but but as of right now, people are bringing it up because uh, it kind of got lost to history there for for many for many many years that this was a unit out there. Um, uh-huh. Matter of fact, like like many segregated units and may, many segregated people, uh, you know, Chinese Americans from World War II the aforementioned Mont- Montfort Point Marines and others, they, they've all received a congressional gold medal. The 6888, uh, you're currently in that process too, correct? Well, the, uh, 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 I, you know, I, I don't understand because several people have questioned me and why should I be upset? <laughs> there were other people who went overseas and I'm sure they didn't have the archivists and people think that we should uh, we, we should have had, but uh, it's nice to know that they uh, they are remembering us now. And uh, it, uh, uh, but I mean, it, if they hadn't done it, it wouldn't have been any difference to me. Thank you. You're amazing, Miss Annie. You're amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you know of some of the, the? But I'm sure. I'm sure it probably means something to some of the ladies that you know. Because again. I, Nobody even knew this story until maybe two or three years ago. Yeah, that's interesting. And after I'd been out of the service and back in the, into the Air Force. <laughs> that's right. After, after the war, you left the service uh, like many yeah, other. Uh, well, like, after I got out, uh, was discharged at uh, Camp Lee, Virginia, I guess it's Fort Lee, or that it, was, uh, it was called later. And uh, uh, I started going to school in the, uh, in the in New York, and got a job with Macy's, and stayed there for a while. And then when I, they, I found out, well, when they notified me, they were going to make the women's services a permanent part of the, the uh, military. They wrote and asked me if I was interested in coming back. Well, Macy's was nice, but wasn't the greatest thing in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get back, and you, you were ready to get back in uniform. I said, "Oh no, we're going again." And I said, "Yeah, I guess we're going again." <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I, you had to have recommendations from some of your old commanders in the army. And one of my commanders wrote, and he said, "Well, you had the experience of the army. Why not go in the air force? It's it's different. It's new, and you might like it." And so that's why I joined the air force. I didn't go back in the army. Very good. So, uh, you became, is it true? You became the first female commander in the air force. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that was published by uh, the people out of office because that was my first duty station in the air force, uh, off at air force base. Okay. Yeah. The, uh-huh. the, the, the 509th service, I, the 509th service. Nice. That's yeah. right. The 509. Uh, from what I understand, it, it was an all male unit, uh, not even a female uh, young airmen, uh, that had to have been what leadership qualities came into play there to get those to, to, to lead men. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing in, in some cases were, well, some men uh, were not used to being told by women what to do. Uh, uh, but uh, I had one man who 
uh, was assigned to me. And he went to the commander and said he just couldn't work for a woman. And so the commander transferred him. But the interesting thing about him was he would come by so often and ask if there was anything I, he could help me with. <laughs> the same guy, <laughs> this is the same airman. The same guy, the same guy who said he, he uh, you know, would not like to work uh, for women. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I, I don't know where he is today, but he kept up with me until I got back in, uh, in, in the States. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, but and there were uh, unit, uh, people in the unit. Uh, well, one, about four guys who was born in the United States, but re-enlisted when they went back to Ireland into, uh, into uh, uh, England. And, uh, uh, that that I thought was quite interesting. I even was at at both of their weddings. Oh wow, wow. Mm -hmm. um, what what leadership qualities for for if if there's any um, young female women out there that are that are looking to lead in the military today? What what some of the leadership qualities helped you in that in that journey? Uh, I, I, <laughs> um, I don't know. I had a, no. I had a great mom. <laughs> great mom. <laughs> I had a great mom who felt that nobody could outdo anything. <laughs> if you told her you, she couldn't do it, don't don't do it because she'd get it done. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And uh, uh, that that's what I go back in life. My father was in World War One, but he died when I was only five years old. Gotcha. And my mom had two kids to raise. Wow. Didn't like the idea of my going in the service. Sure. But uh, uh, she had, I had a sister who was younger, and she wouldn't let her go. And she blamed me all, all her life. <laughs> she wasn't allowed to go in the service because of me. She's like, your mom was like, I already got one baby in the service. I ain't getting two. That, that's how she says, I'm not giving two children to the, to the military. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, it it wasn't. It wasn't a fun thing, but it was an interesting thing because I always loved history and, and geography. And uh, to be able to see the places that I had studied about, in it, both in England and in, in uh, France, and uh, of course later on in, in Spain. Gotcha. And uh, uh, it, it's interesting. It's really interesting. It is. Um, I, I didn't know. Coming out, of, coming out of Louisiana and knowing a little bit about the French, <laughs> that helped a lot. Gotcha. Being uh, being being in that in that Cajun down there, you probably you probably have yeah, a little bit of French yeah. in you. Gotcha. Well, there was uh, one one thing that happened. This is uh, after I was married. Of course, you know the service don't promise you they're going to keep you together if you get married. So, that's that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, I met my husband in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He was in personnel. That's the, the only thing that helped me. And he knew people at the Pentagon, and I knew people at the Pentagon. And we got got with them, and they got us together. But uh, ordinarily, that, that doesn't happen. No, no, especially with the Air Force. They're usually flush with cash and don't care if they got to pay that right. separation pay. Whereas the Marine Corps, right. Marine Corps is a little cheap about that. They'll keep you together just to save a buck, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's a lady here who... Uh, was in the Navy and she uh, seemed to have uh, uh, done all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, 
So let me make. Oh, gotcha. Your 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 niece there, uh, Miss Fanny. While while you were in, uh, can you give me either a best friend or your greatest mentor? Uh, a best friend. Well, I had. There were four of us <laughs> went around together. Uh, foursome. Uh, and uh, two of them were in my OCS class in in Des Moines when I went to, when I was in the army, and. Uh, uh, they're all gone now, unfortunately. Uh, and oh, oh, when we were in New Hampshire, uh, that that was the last one. And I just received a, a card from her daughter saying she she just had twins, and I know her mother would have loved that. Oh wow, that's that's amazing that you still keep in touch with the kids. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's, there's kids who are writing me that I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the grandmother, I got two letters from Minnesota and uh, another letter from Ohio. And uh, I guess, I don't know, the, most, the information that's out must tell where we are or, or they must know someone who was in service or something. So every once in a while, I, I, I get a note from someone. Wow. Wow. So y'all must have been pretty close as friends. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Miss Fanny, you, you retired after over 26 years of service, leaving in 19... 26 and a half years. Excuse, yeah, excuse me. So oh, over 26. My half. Yes, ma'am. You got to count that half. <laughs> 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 that's uh, absolutely I, mean, I, 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 I couldn't count that half but i caught my half that's hey, what, hey that's important yeah i was told by a friend that, but i was t- both between the army and the and the air force because the army i think was four years or something something like that i'm not exactly sure you got to count every day every month absolutely absolutely <laughs> um so, but so you did over 26 years of service retiring in 1971 yeah. um what did you do the first day as a civilian my husband uh, was interested in getting his PhD, and he wanted to come to uh, ASU. And uh, so uh, we left New Hampshire. We both retired right around the same time. Okay. And uh, uh, so we came to Arizona uh, for him to uh, to go to school. And we just stayed. <laughs> we sold a house. Somebody wanted to buy our house back back in New Hampshire, and we've been here ever since. I've lost him, but uh, he taught school in several of, of the uh, high schools here. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I I went to Arizona State myself. I went on online on the Woo-hoo! computer. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Have you been here recently? Uh, I I graduated there in 2018, so I actually went. I I never actually was on campus. I, I was on the online on the computer, oh, but I went. Unbelievable home, but I, how it's grown! Unbelievable. <laughs> but you I wouldn't know the place. <laughs> yeah, I did get to go and I did get to go and walk in graduation there, though. It was it was it was good. Even the golf course. Maybe and this uh, the. Getting rid of the golf course and they're going to build something over there. Well, Tempe doesn't have much space. So, I mean, if you want to build something, you better knock something down. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it, it was pretty tight. It was pretty tight. Um, Were you from here? No, no. I uh, I was in, I went to school uh, while I was working. Uh, so I would work, I would do night school in North Carolina, but it was for Arizona State. Oh. Yes, ma'am. Oh, you're a long way from home. Yes, ma'am. I'm originally from Seattle, actually. 
I'm old from Seattle. Oh, okay. but, but I live in Washington. I've never been up to that area. Just the, the furthest north I was was San Francisco. Gotcha. <laughs> just to visit, just visit friends. Very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Did um, a lot of traveling when I, when I was overseas. I think that one of the funny things that happened that you might be interested in. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, when it comes time for you to go overseas, uh, the assignment came in. And I was to go to North Africa. Uh, and uh, the commander in North Africa, when he found out that I was a woman, he didn't want a woman squadron commander <laughs> at his unit. And uh, this is Air Force. Yeah. And uh, uh, so they had to reassign these. Uh, and they were going to reassign me in England. And I said, oh, that's fine. I've been to England before. That, that'll be great. <laughs> then there was a colonel walked in and uh, looked at the um, uh, assignment in personnel. And he said, oh, I'd like that assignment. So there, there went my, my assignment in England. So, uh, so the next one, the sergeant called me up and he says, ma'am, he says, can you come to personnel? Oh, I said, do you have an assignment? And he said, ma'am, just come over to personnel. As soon as I walk in the door, she said, don't go to the club and have a drink and, and tell anybody anything. <laughs> he said, I can't find any more assignments for you. You quit talking about where we're sending you and we'll get you somewhere good. <laughs> and so he says, you're going to stay. Now keep it quiet. He said. <laughs> and we're working on seeing if your husband can go along with you. Because he was a good, see, I was in fact, and he, he was uh, in the, uh, uh, uh not the bomber. He had the command, mm. and so he had. We, they had to work with two commands in order uh, to get us together. Gotcha. Very good. Very uh-huh. good. Uh, since I've seen uh, the the gentleman, the the colonel. Yes. Uh, and while I was going to school at the University of New Hampshire, uh, I met him at the club, and we were talking about our assignments. And suddenly it occurred to him, I was the one he had turned down. Really? Yes. And he said, uh, so he says, uh, after talking with me for a while, we had a couple of days here. You know, I'm sorry. He says, I want to apologize. If I had known you were so much fun, he says, I never would have turned you down. Miss Fanny, it seems like back in the day you were a lot of fun. Uh, I, I definitely would have uh, had a couple drinks with you as well. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you, you, after you got out of the service, you, you started up an antique store that you just recently closed. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I learned an awful lot about antiques while I was in England mm-hmm. and also in New England. When we when we moved to New England, okay, and I enjoyed it, uh, uh, especially in England because at the time you remember uh, in England they put everything in vaults during the war. Yes. Well, when the the uh, they opened the vaults, a lot of people didn't go back for the things that they had, so they used to have auctions and things. That, and I'd go to auctions, and I learned a lot there. Wow! Wow! So you saw some of the stuff <laughs> that the Germans confiscated. Huh. So you saw a lot of the stuff that the Germans had confiscated during the war. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. What was, what, what was, what was one of the neatest things that you saw in one of those auctions or those vaults? 
there, there was, and I still have it, and it's a, 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 a wine a ballot that was just beautiful. It was all cut glass. And uh, uh, I hope not to get rid of it ever. <laughs> uh, but I bought other things, and my my uh, dishes. Uh, we were able to go to the Wedgwood factory while I was stationed over there, and I ordered a set of dishes, and I still have that. Wow! So that's been with you uh, for eighty years or more, or less. Well, you know, uh, you, you take advantage. Uh, while you're there, I traveled all over England uh, during the time I was there. Someone said, well, where did you work? I said, well, I had work, but there are times you have time off. Got to enjoy <laughs> and, it. And uh, we'd go down to uh, uh, to uh, London to the theater. And that's the uh, that, at, at that time, I saw Mr. Churchill coming out of number 10 Downing Street. Wow. There were, there were lot, you know, lots of things happened in my life. So I can't say I was unhappy in the service. No, it sounds like you had a great time. Like mm-hmm. great. Um, but I, uh, uh, I, I enjoyed it in France. Um, uh, we didn't work as hard because we had the German prisoners. <laughs> 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 and they, they did all the cooking and everything in the dining room and all. And when these girls, um, uh, were killed in, in the, that's why I knew it was France, uh, uh, in, uh, uh, France. My commander found out that when they buried the, the uh, soldiers there, it was in a shelter house. And so she figured she didn't, she didn't want that to happen. So they went into the town and got wood and the German prisoners built caskets for the girls to be buried in. Oh, wow. Wow. So that's an amazing story. Um, well, it's, you know, you do what you have to do. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to get back to antiquing for just half a second. Um, Certainly. Uh, so, so are you an, you know, as far as antiquing, are you an avid pawn stars or antiques roadshow or an American pickers watcher? No, no, not really. I've seen the, the you know, the, the road show and all that sort of thing. But uh, I specialize in crystal. I like crystal. Okay. And still do. Okay. Uh, the, um, uh, the unfortunate thing today is a lot of young people are not interested. No, I, you uh, know what? You're right about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why do you think that uh, is? I don't know. I guess there's so many other things like, uh, learning how to use one of these doggone telephones is <laughs> and you know there's so many things that that happen that keep them their minds busy and uh you know you don't have to even think anymore all you do is push a button or uh, or something like that and so I'm trying to learn i I got a, a, a new telephone the other day so oh um, I was telling Christine I got it, but I haven't really learned to use it yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I like that you're still learning. You're, you're taking the time to try to learn new stuff though. Even at a hundred, that's amazing. Oh, well, we're trying. I'm trying. Yes, I'm ma'am. trying. Yes, I'll ma'am. learn it. I mean, I'm not having given up. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, Fanny, what is one thing that you learned during your time in the military that you apply that you applied to what you did after the service and even to what you do today? Well, 
but my husband and I like to travel. Uh, he uh, he's from Pennsylvania, graduated from uh, Oberlin College in Ohio. Yeah, uh, and loved teaching. And from time to time, we would take time off, you know, and uh, in the summer, and uh, that's how we got up to San Francisco and uh, places like that. So during your uh, during the, uh, only uh, other uh, place that was before. I, I was with him. I I went to Chicago to visit a friend just passing through. And uh, that... Uh, uh, so you would say she travel. Lived next, she lived next door to Jesse Owen. Oh, really? I got to meet Jesse Owen. I got to meet some interesting people. No kidding. Even, even uh, General LeMay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well... I was in person. I was in uh, supply, and they needed something for the B fifty two, a pot, and uh, we had to go up to uh, Nevada, uh, uh, to buy, Utah. Sorry, uh, to to get it. So my boss said, "You ever been up to Utah?" No, sir, I have not. So he says, "Well, we got to go get a pot. They need something for the B fifty two. So I did uh, go up uh, uh, with him, but the Air Force. The Army, I, I don't know if you heard, but get very upset with the Air Force. You don't walk in a requisition, walk in and have a requisition and expect to get the item. You send the requisition in, and then you, and they call you, then you come pick it up. Well, it was a Friday, and the sergeant took one look at us and says, well, we won't be open until Monday. <laughs> wow. So... But my, our pilot was from uh, California, and that was one of my, my first trips to California. And uh, he said, you ever been to California? And I said, well, what's happening? He said, well, they're not going to take care of us until Monday. And so we may as well do something, and I'm close to home. And so I said, well, okay. He said, okay, pull up your hips, girl, let's go. <laughs> and uh, I had some friends in, in California, and I uh, I saw them. At, I was at uh, March Air Force Base, and they picked me up. And he gave me instructions where to be on Sunday night to go back to uh, pick up the this equipment, and we did. So when he had to go and brief uh, the the general and uh, the people who were going to use these parts, he says, "You better come with me because he says I might forget some of the things that that we had." So I went with him. And that's how I met the general. I, I, I didn't have an unhappy life in the service. It doesn't sound like uh, you did. Times, uh, that times when I thought it was pretty awful that they didn't let me in. We, we uh, uh, when we were in basic training, you had to give you a list of things you wanted out of the BX because the black girls couldn't go in, in the BX. Oh, wow. Yeah, those, oh, those crazy things that happened. Uh, well, ma'am. Uh, my hat's off to you because it was because of women like you that, that went and did that during that time that it, that's not a thing anymore. So, yeah. and it started, and it started with you and I appreciate you. And I know they do too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the one thing that you learned during your time in the military was, uh, was the love of travel. You love to travel. I, oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Miss Fanny, the, uh, the audience of this podcast is, is mostly veterans. 
uh, mostly uh, VA employees. Is there any uh-huh. is there anything that I've missed or haven't asked that you think is important to share for anybody that's listening to this? Today, there is so many things that women can get into, uh, and uh, I don't know if this would suit what they would like to do or not. But uh, to me, uh, the war was going on, and there were things that uh, that had to be done, like the the, the ladies who worked on the on the on planes and all that sort of thing. But I don't know what I would have would done if if there hadn't been a war because yeah. I was in school and uh, I wanted to be a teacher was accepted at Harvard university, but then I was on my way to the service. So that was over. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what about for, uh, what about for uh, maybe a prospective young service member or a young veteran that says, I want to be the next Fanny Griffin McClendon, you know, as looks to you. Oh and, boy. And, and, I uh, haven't met one yet, but I'm hoping to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any do you, uh, do you have any advice for him, young ladies out there? I, I tried to apply myself to whatever was happening in the area at the time or the the place that we were being sent or something like that, and learn something uh, about it. And and actually, it went right along with the things that I was doing in school. So uh, it, it's just that I had a mom who was very to curious about a lot of things and I guess I got a lot of that from her. So she never she never said can't. I won't do. There there was so much to learn. There's so much to learn today. Plus all this electronic stuff that was getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not giving up. <laughs> That's right. No you're not. Uh, well Fanny, thank you so much for joining us here on Born the Battle. Thank you so much for uh-huh. taking the time. And uh, well, thank you for calling. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Oh. I can't believe I didn't tell you. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that is not one of my favorite cities, but okay. <laughs> not one of mine either, ma'am. I just work here, I just work in the area. <laughs> it's where the job was. Well, that, <laughs> that, that, that's wonderful, and, I, and I'm sure you're doing. The job you went there for, you probably thought out a lot more stuff than when before you went there uh, about Virginia and all those cities or, uh, and states around in that area. Yes, ma'am. Um, uh, my only uh, uh, time uh, of, of going to Virginia, there was assignment uh, that they needed three of uh, the four women, uh, and there were two uh, black and two white. And it was a, a, a last-minute assignment for this, this school at Fort Lee, Virginia, or Camp Lee, or whatever they're calling it today. Okay. And uh, uh, so I, I was able to see that area a, a lot during the time I was there. But if there was such a thing as uh, as uh, rank among second lieutenants, I was the ranking second lieutenant. And I had all the paperwork and all. Uh, so we were told we, we could not get sleepers until we got uh, on the other side of uh, Ohio. It's the lower part of Ohio. Okay. And uh, so I had all the paperwork and all. Well, we we got on the train there and we got settled, sat and played cards and everything. 
and someplace called Bluefield, West Virginia, one of the uh, the people came through and said, oh, the white folks follow me. And so I, one girl was from Virginia, one was from Massachusetts, I was from New York, and the other, um, the other girl was from uh, Alabama. The, the other black girl was out from Alabama. And she kept saying, Griffin, don't say anything, but you're from New York. But, but this is the way things are done <laughs> here. And I'm saying, well, what was he talking about? So these girls, the one from Massachusetts didn't know what to do, but the one from Virginia knew what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so she grabbed her and off they went. Well, I still had all the paperwork. <laughs> so when we got to the place where we had to change over to get on, on the sleeper, she says, are you going to go try to find them? I said, no, they're white folks. Let them be white folks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we, we got into, Virginia, uh, into uh, 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 Camp Lee, not into, but into the, the, uh, the uh, train station there. So, well, I knew all the things I had to do, call the base, get transportation, and uh, report in and all, and I didn't see him. I didn't see him because I was in a black waiting room. <laughs> wow! So, uh, they came, they picked us up, and we went. We reported in, and they uh, they took us to our quarters, which is the quarters for all four of us. Really. Yeah. So about three or four hours later, then come these two old gals coming up the steps, and I'm saying. I'm laughing, and I'm saying, "What the hell, y'all been?" <laughs> and of course, the, by this time, Williams has relaxed. The one from Mississippi, I mean, from Alabama. Yeah. And so they said, "Well, we, you know, they 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 didn't have any paperwork, so they could take the sleeper on into Virginia, into <laughs> the city, and then they didn't know how to get to the post and had to get to a taxi <laughs> to get." So they had a rough. They, they had a rough time. time. They had a rough time. <laughs> we were there for four weeks. The week before, I said, "Williams, let's go down." Oh, by the way, I handed them all their paperwork and said, "You're big girls. You take care of yourself from here on out." <laughs> yeah. So the week before graduation, I said, "Williams, let's go down and get our uh, reservations to go back to Des Moines," and so. Uh, I said, because you know how hard it is to get a sleeper. So we did. So after grad, at graduation, one comes over to me and she said, did you get a, a reservation? I said, no, I didn't have any paperwork. They slept. I mean, they they, they stayed up all the way back to the morning. <laughs> so as I said, there, there were times that it was kind of funny. Sure, you know, sure. You got to, you, you uh, figured I, out. You, I, made, I, I made a, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think I, I wasn't going to sit down and worry about anything. Yeah. So to me, that was funny. Yeah. You got, to, you figured out a way to work through it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Good, Good to go. Well, well, Fanny, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk with you and, uh, and we're out here. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. The VA does a very good job on the medical side. I don't know of anybody that has any complaints. My primary care doctor is probably the best doctor I've ever had in my life. 
Lewis, one of my friends, good patient of mine. He only comes once a week, but I enjoy, I enjoy him. She really comes in special. Yes, early I in the morning. Early in the Just morning. For me. That's exactly why I choose VA. Choose VA today. Visit VA.gov. I want to thank Fanny and her niece for facilitating that phone call. Learned a lot. Amazing woman. You can find more about Fanny and her unit, the 6888 Postal Battalion, at www.womenofthe6888th.org. And you can also watch the doc, 6888. This week's Born the Battle Veteran of the Week is by way of newsforjacks.com. And it's the number four. Zane Jones is a comedian, United States Marine Corps veteran, and now an Emmy award-winning executive producer. He said, I literally just graduated school two months ago before winning an Emmy. I just think that this is great, but how do I feel now? How do I navigate forward? How do I continue to progress? How do I leverage this? Jones and his team of six African-American producers and filmmakers won the 2021 Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Day Fiction Program. Their story, The Girl in Apartment 15, highlights domestic violence. Before attending the New York Film Academy and Los Angeles Film School, he was a Marine for five years. He grew up in Duval County in Florida and went to Inglewood and Sandalwood High Schools. As for what's next for Jones, he's currently executive producing a film, acting in another movie, and is the host of a late night talk show, although they didn't say where you can find it. Marine veteran Zane Jones, congrats and thank you for your service. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a future Born the Battle Veteran of the Week so we can all learn their story, you can. Just send an email to podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you'd like to see him or her as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. And if you like this podcast episode, hit the subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, pretty much any podcatching app known to phone, computer, tablet, or man. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, RallyPoint, LinkedIn, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. And as always, I'm reminded by people smarter than me to remind you that the Department of Veterans Affairs does not endorse or officially sanction any entities that may be discussed in this podcast nor any media products or services they may provide. They said that because the song you're hearing now is called Machine Gunner, which is courtesy of the nonprofit Operation Song, and was written by Marine veteran Mark McKilhenny, Nashville songwriter Jason Seaver, and Michael Duncan. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We'll see you right here next week. Take care. We gotta get them one way or the other. Machine gunner. Firefight bullets fly day and night brain. Simplify till we die another campaign. My desk is a rock where the drug lords cut up millions. My pen is a 7.62 round that'll cut them down in an instant. Point, click, pull the trigger to the tune of falling brass. Russian-made bullet in my bag Raining down dead Punching that clock Get them, boys, I'm laying down Cover machine gunner bullets fly Day and night rain Simplify, do or die Another campaign 
here we go, lock and load, 0331, lug a thousand rounds, and I ain't bringing back one.